Whether you're storming the throne on your behalf or for a friend or a family member, praying that God in all of his knowledge, in all of his ability, in all that he's going to do, Lord, may you truly rock them. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. It's great to be worshiping with you, man. So whether you're joining us here in person or online, man, we're fired up to make much of Jesus Christ. It is always all about Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, right, don't miss that. Our church is always about him. And as we rally during this series, we're here in a, a series walking through what it means to pray what it means to come before our God, right? We're talking about this abiding life with our King. So the first series we did was called Abide, what it is to have a relationship with Him and a connection with Him on a daily basis. And now we're talking very specifically about prayer. So if you remember, we launched with the Lord's Prayer and we talked through the pieces of that. The first piece is the P, the personal, our Father, Right? This is a stunning reveal to the disciples at that time that they could talk to their God as Father. So we have this connection. We have this relationship. May that be the first part of every prayer we have is a warm, connecting, familial relationship with our God, right? Personal and then respectful. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Like whatever you say, God, you're in charge. My heart, I am bowing to you. You're in charge. And then asking is the A. Ask. As we have the privilege of bringing struggles and hurts and needs and problems before our God. As we get to ask of him whatever makes sense from scripture. And today we're going to look at seven promises we can be asking that God might get all the glory. And then why is yield. Yield. This is where we end up recognizing where we're wrong. Lord, please forgive me. Lord, I lay this down before you. I am so wrong here. May you truly get the glory, not me. Please forgive me. And then finally, the ask for submit is just to say, Lord God, wherever you lead, however you lead, I'm in. I'm just telling you, if you use that little walk of prayer, you're going to find a very vibrant life with your God. And as you go after it regularly with him, may God get all the glory. Last week, we talked about then how to apply that. If maybe you have a prodigal child, somebody who's drifted off into this world, or maybe a friend who's saying, I'd rather go out in the world and taste of what the world has to offer than what Christ has to offer. And how can we pray for them? How can we model the heart of our God? And now today, as we close this down, we're going to be talking about how to pray for ourselves, how to pray for family and friends. Really, this is kind of the universal seven promises that are true that we can claim about our God And for someone who's following Christ, may they get all, all the healing power of Christ at work in them, right? So do me a favor, turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 14. Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14, we're going to learn some power promises that we can be praying. Point number one, pray for strength from the Holy Spirit. Pray for strength from the Holy Spirit. 
Now, as we dive in here, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3, and so just so we remember, the first three chapters are, are steeped in theology, tons of information about the greatness of God, how He loves us, how He chooses and works with us, how the Holy Spirit seals us, Christ dying for us. There's all this hope of salvation and work within the church, and Paul's bringing it to a close with a power prayer here. So he starts out, he says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. He starts out, for this reason. And just so you know, if you look back at verse one of chapter three, look at how that one starts out. For this reason. And then he gets distracted and he goes into a little bit of theology statement. So now in verse 14, he's finally getting back to the verse one statement. Have you ever talked to somebody who does that? Where they start to talk and then they go off, but then they come back. And as they come back, they're trying to catch you up on where they were, but they've drifted for a little while. That's exactly what's happening here. Remember, a lot of times, Paul would be like quoting things off and somebody else is writing it down. So this is kind of a flowing verbal narrative. In verse one, Paul's like, for this reason. And then he kind of goes off on the greatness of Jesus. And he comes back, verse 14. Now, like I was saying, for this reason, I bow. That's the power prayer statement. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Remember, when we talk about a power prayer, it starts with personalized, seeing God as Father, recognizing Him as in charge, respect. I bow my knees. Your posture in prayer can completely change your prayer life. Be careful not to get too comfortable when you're praying. Uh, honestly, be careful not to get too uncomfortable when you're praying, right? Make sure you're in a spot where you can be reflecting in your posture who your God is, how great he is, and be going after it with him. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. I have a hope before the one who is the giving, loving, forgiving, almighty, saving God. So I am on my knees. Paul says, for this reason, I bow my knees. And what reason? Well, he's going to go forward and explain it in the rest of the passage. In fact, just so you know, uh, verses 14 through 19 are all one sentence in the Greek. Okay, this is a massive run-on sentence of seven promises that we have in our God. He's like, for this reason I bow, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. Like, who is this father? Well, he's the one from whom all of heaven and earth are named. And there's a couple of discussions about what this might mean. It for sure represents the sovereignty of God, right? He is over all as sovereign father. And he's the one who is the author of creation. He's the author of Jesus, the Messiah. He's the one who allows us to have bold, confident access to the throne. Like for sure it's that, this sovereign, kind caring, ruling one who effectively has then named all of creation. And maybe it means that. And, and some would even say maybe more it means that he is the example of a father to all of those who would be father. Because there are some who are not following Jesus Christ. 
But there is an example before them of God the Father and his love and his care, of his sacrifice, of his protection. And so maybe it means that too, his example, his model into this world. I probably go with it's a combination of both. Massive sovereign God and his model into this world as he ends up being able to bring uh, life and name to each and every one. It says that according to the riches of his glory, according to, like he gives richly and his massive glory. And so he's going to work in your life. He is going to work in a friend or family member's life. If you're praying for someone, these are great prayers to have. If you're praying for yourself, power promises to have that are according to the riches of his glory, his awesome, stunning, perfect, giving riches. This is our hope. He says that he may grant you to be strengthened with power to be strengthened with power, to be able to be given an ability to bear under without really any ability to explain it. This unexplainable power that somehow from within is strengthening me in the middle of my heartache, in the middle of my struggle, and giving me hope in the face of pain or weakness or heartache, or confusion. God, I'm leaning on you that he may strengthen with power. And then he tells us how. Through his spirit in the inner man. Through the Holy Spirit inside of us as he's working with our spirit. His spirit with our spirit shaping us, strengthening us, giving us hope along the way. We're told in 2 Corinthians 3 that the glory of the Holy Spirit pouring on you changes you from one degree of glory to the next. There is a power unleashed as God begins to do a work subtly, gently, soothingly, strengthening you to be able to handle whatever you are facing. You might be like, Dude, you have no idea what I'm facing. You don't know the pain that I'm about to be under. You don't know the pain of the person I'm praying for and what they're going to be under. Know this, but your God does. He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly the pain that is welling up. And he is right there with you. You are not alone. Everybody just say, I am not alone. I am not alone. Louder and bigger. I agree with you, man. We are not alone as we trust in Christ and the Holy Spirit within, empowering and strengthening, even in the face of great confusion and heartache. God does a healing work one day at a time. Praise be to God. If you remember, we were going through the Lord's Prayer, and as Jesus came to the Garden of Gethsemane, he said to the disciples, just pray. Pray that you won't fall to temptation. Pray that you won't fall asleep. Stay awake in this and pray for me along the way. 
And uh, it says that they fell asleep when Jesus came back, he found them sleeping. I really believe, it doesn't say this, but I believe they started out praying, right? I don't think that Jesus said pray and they were like, I'm doing that. Like, I don't think it's that. I think he said pray and they were like, let's do this. And they got on their knees and they started to pray. And, but it says that he found them sleeping for sorrow. If you remember, we talked a little bit about that. They are devastated. They're in the middle of grief. And the grief is exhausting them. They had a hope for where things would go. They had a hope for who Jesus Christ would be. And instead, they were told by Christ, I'm going away. You can't go with me. There's going to be somebody here that's going to betray me. Peter, you need to stop talking, dude. Three times tonight, you're going to deny me. Like everything's starting to unwind. And as they go off to pray, there's a weight on their soul. As they wake up, there's a heaviness in their heart. Have you ever been there where the grief is exhausting, where the pain just wipes you out and you barely have enough strength to keep the day going? And that grief, that's when God is stepping in and strengthening you like you cannot explain. Hear me, it says in Romans chapter eight that the Holy Spirit begins to groan for you on your behalf, crying out when you have no words. In the middle of your grief, in the middle of your heartache, your God right there with you and crying out and empowering and strengthening from within so that this day I will have the strength to continue on in my worship one step at a time. That is our king. And all of God's people said, may we pray. May we pray for strength in our own lives. May we pray for strength in those we know. And is there somebody that God is pressing on your soul to be praying for? Right now, really think about it. Is there somebody that you know is just in the middle of angst and it's time to be praying for them? Maybe it's yourself and your family. Maybe it's broader than that. But it starts with, Lord God, may you strengthen. May your Holy Spirit move in the inner man. May you cry out when they have no words. May you heal moment by moment. This is our hope. Second, pray. By the way, for those of you who noticed, yes, there are seven points today. (laughs) That's not the typical, but we're going to walk through each of these pieces a little faster than we just did on that one. All right? Here we go. Point number two, pray to be rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. He says, so that. Pray that the Father might empower through the Holy Spirit so that. It's a purpose statement. When you see the word so that, think purpose. Here's his purpose. He says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
that Christ may dwell, that Jesus Christ may literally have an impact in your soul, a manifest presence in your soul may dwell. It means to make a home in your life, in your heart, inside. Christ with you, you are not alone. That Christ may dwell in your hearts, ready, through faith. Our thing is to just say, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting what scripture says. I'm trusting who you say you are. God, I'm trusting you that today in this mess of heartache, that you will be moving. And as I have faith in who you are and faith in what you're doing, he begins to move massively. He begins to show himself in huge ways. Please understand, God is present everywhere. God is present everywhere, right? Where is God present? Everywhere. But this is talking about his manifest presence, his expressed presence. He is making himself known. That's what it's saying. God making himself known in your life as you engage with faith and say, Lord, with tears in my eyes, I trust you. I'm devastated, but I'm leaning in. I may not even totally understand the plan, but I trust you. And this is a massive moment of trust in our King. It says, Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. When we trust, when we have faith, and even with tears in our eyes, please hear me on this. I say this a lot. Tears are not a sign of the absence of faith. Tears are a sign that it hurts. And in the middle of tears, we can trust. And all of God's people said, may we trust even with tears in our eyes. Lord, we're looking to you and watching Christ begin to express himself in a huge way. He says, that you, again, another purpose statement. We have him with purpose statements all over this, right? He says that you being rooted and grounded in love. He's using two metaphors here. Being rooted like a plant and grounded like a building, like digging deep down in where there's a strength in the middle of the pain, And as I started thinking through a good illustrate for this this week, and I was trying to put some words down, and uh, here's what I wrote. When we focus on the circumstances and the pains, we are rooted and grounded in fear. When we focus on the circumstances and the pains, we are rooted and grounded in fear. Fear starts welling up and taking over as we become an expert of all that's wrong. When we focus, however, on God and his glory and his promises, we are rooted and grounded in love. We have hope. We need to be an expert of God and his promises. Even with tears in our eyes, experts of all that our king is. And that is how we stay rooted and grounded in him. Not experts in the circumstance, expert in the king who sits over the circumstance. 
And all of God's people said, huge deal, man. So I was trying to think of an illustrate that would bring us a little bit of that understanding. And uh, so I ran into a description of a tree. It's called the shepherd's tree and uh, it grows in the Kalahari Desert. Uh, that's hard to do, you know. Grows in the Kalahari Desert. And so in this massive heat and ton of sand, all of a sudden you have a tree that just sort of grows up with green, lush, and, and it just sort of explodes. It doesn't get massively high, but it's green and rich and, and vibrant. And part of the reason they call it a shepherd's tree is because as they're walking through the desert and they see it, they get under it and they get a little shade from it. It gives them a break along the way, right? And so they started to look into these trees like, how does this happen? And so they started digging down to see how deep the roots go and where it goes. And it turns out that the shepherd's tree is known to get to about 250 feet deep with its roots. 250 feet deep, man. So when you're standing there in the Kalahari Desert with the blazing heat and the sand and the dirt and nothing else blowing around and circumstances look dire, why is this tree thriving? It is rooted and grounded 250 feet below in all that nourishes and strengthens it. That needs to be us in the middle of our heartaches in the middle of our struggle, as you are standing in the Kalahari desert of your pain. Don't talk about all the sand and the temperatures and the sun. Don't be an expert of what's wrong. Think what is deep below the surface of my God's love, my God's care, my God's purpose in this world, doing something that I do not understand, and I will dive deep into him and all of his glory. It is way below the surface. May we be rooted in our king. And all of God's people said, so how are you doing at digging deep into God's love? Man, it's pretty easy in America to get kind of whiny pretty fast when it's not very comfortable. Be careful, whining can take us right off the plan. Dig deep into God's love, down with wine, up with celebration. Know your king with all you've got, all right? Point number three, pray. Pray for a life-altering knowledge of our God and his plan. Pray for a life-altering knowledge of our God and his plan. It says, yes, being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend that if we're rooted and grounded in love, we may have strength to comprehend. We begin to see through God's eyes. It doesn't mean we'll understand everything. Everybody say, not that. Dude, it doesn't mean we'll have the answers. But it does mean that we know the God who does. That we comprehend that he comprehends. Would we get that you have a moving and a purpose and a plan in this broken world, which newsflash, by the way, it is our sin that broke this world, right? And all too often we begin to blame God for the brokenness, but it is absolutely us that broke it. 
And man, praise God that in the brokenness, God is moving and shaping and changing and working us towards eternity and working us towards his glory forever. Don't lose sight. May we comprehend this isn't just a strength to endure. This is a strength to see the bigger picture. God, may you open my eyes. I'm just telling you that can be a huge life-altering moment for you to be in the middle of a struggle and be able to say, okay, God, I'm beginning to see the purpose of eternity in all of this. For us to recognize heaven and forever and no more pain and no more sorrow and no more heartache and God is walking us there one broken moment at a time, God has a plan. Everybody just say, God has a plan. Man, I agree with you. God has a plan. And as we take this in and we say, Lord God, I cannot wait for heaven in its perfection, we end up celebrating what John said in Revelation. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Let's get this on where we celebrate you and all that you are. Lord, give me the ability to see through your eyes. And then he says, with all the saints, with all the saints. This is the capital C church on fire for Jesus Christ. All who believe in him, beginning to have a depth of comprehension and a depth of love. Can you imagine the church on fire like this, man? If in this room, as we gather, our roots are so unbelievably deep that whatever washes on your shore today is circumstantial top-level talk. I'm talking about my king who's moving like you would not believe. May we worship him. May we know him. May we dwell with him. It says, with all the saints, everybody say all of us. This is for you and me to be digging into with all we have. Rooted and grounded deep. He says that we may know what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Breadth and length and height and depth. Like this is a massive statement about all that Christ is. How wide and how long and how high, and yes, even how deep it goes below the surface. This is our God's love and his plan. I saw this quote this week. This is the immeasurable dimensions of God's riches in Christ. The immeasurable dimensions of God's riches in Christ. Man, may we know this, no matter how often we study our Savior, we will constantly be blown away more and more and more. There is permanently and forever something to learn about him. Always. May we get a smile on our face as we see him do a work in this world. The myriad of ways that your God is at work with you will go on forever and ever and ever. And so whether you're storming the throne on your behalf or for a friend or a family member, praying that God in all of his knowledge, in all of his ability, in all that he's going to do, Lord, may you truly rock them like a massive building that you look at and you see hundreds of stories, but it's actually extending tens and tens and tens of stories down below the ground as well 
to be as strong as it is. That's the call to the church. Deep, rooted, built, trusting in Jesus Christ. No matter what the surface circumstances are showing. Ready? And all of God's people said, Lord, may we taste and see that you are good. May we taste and see that you are good. This is a huge deal. Point number four, pray. Pray to know the love of Christ. Pray to know the love of Christ, not just to know the plan of our God, but to know the love of Christ. It says, and to know the love of Christ. This this word know, built on the word knowledge, the reality is this is to experience no. This isn't like a fact you're aware of, right? This isn't like, oh yeah, somebody told me he was a loving guy. Like, not that. Everybody say, not that. No, no, it's not somebody told me about that. This is, yeah, I'm tasting of that. This is my roots are so deep, I'm latched in solidly. He's pouring into me in the middle of my heartache. My God is right here with me. And in the middle of your waking up in grief and agony, taking a moment to say, God, I am latching into you, maybe like never before. May you show me who you are and may you reveal. Lord, may I be rocked by your love. This love here is the word agape, sacrificial love. May we know of his sacrificial, saving, perfect, caring love. It says that surpasses all knowledge. Now, doesn't it sound weird that you may know what surpasses all knowledge? And here's what he's saying. I'm not saying you could describe it. I'm not saying you would have all the words to grasp it but I'm saying it's gonna wash on your shore and change your life like you would never believe. I'm saying you will experience the love of God that is so mind-blowing that in the face of whatever circumstance you're in, it becomes a mountaintop walk with your God. Lord God, I'm ready to hear from you. Lord God, I'm ready to experience you at work in me even while I'm crushed. Lord God, when I feel so alone, by faith I claim I am not alone and I am leaning on you and you are my king. And I trust in you. And all of God's people said, man, in the face of pain, in the face of challenge, here's our call. Experience his love. Experience his presence that when we have no words and we're hurting beyond measure, he is still at work. Know this God. Watch him bring a healing peace like you would not believe. Yes, know his plan. Yes, know his person. Yes, know his love. 
He says, pray, point number five now, pray to be filled with God in all his greatness. Pray to be filled with God in all his greatness. He says that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Please hear me. This isn't like all of a sudden there's more of God showing up, but it is more of his manifest presence, him making himself known. When we are saved, we have the fullness of the Holy Spirit with us. We are not without God. But as we trust in him, as we lean on him with tears in our eyes, as we call out to him, hear me, there is an expressing of him in you that will absolutely blow you away. Don't miss it. Lean into it. And for those of you who have a friend who is in deep heartache, man, be praying this for them. Lord God, may you rock them with who you are. Filled to the brim and spilling over. Blindfold off, even through tears, seeing the greatness of God in the face of the pain. Picture a sailboat out on the water with the chop of the waves as it's going up and down. And the sailor sets the sail hard and the sail fills with wind and billows up and it just starts blowing the ship like you would not believe, driving it forward, filled and being driven and directed by your God. Man, this is the same author that two chapters later in Ephesians chapter five says, be filled with the Spirit. Like make sure that that, that, that sail is billowed full, filled. And then he says, don't be filled with wine. He's like, listen, there's things that can take control. There's things that can direct you and redirect you. Don't get into the wrong stuff. Get into the God of the universe who will rock your world and shape your life. Man, don't look for something that just anesthetizes pain. Look for the God of the universe that walks you through the heartache and brings miracle working power. Ready? And all of God's people said, He's like, listen, be filled, sail billowed solid. Crying out to your God and trusting in your God and leaning in him with all the faith you have. Him moving and impacting and healing and strengthening as you move along. And you'll be amazed at how God answers in the midst. Whatever little small things they may be, Man, this last couple weeks has been brutal. Brutal. But the presence of God in the midst, the hope and the truth of a forever, knowing that my dad is at home in glory and quite frankly, wishing him back here would be mean. Know what I'm saying? This is a broken place, man. Man, may we see him by being there. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. We are fired up about eternity. We are fired up about God doing a work. And it doesn't mean that we comprehend everything that he's doing, but I can tell you this. My God is working. My God has his hand on. And in those moments where we're waking up, 
with the wave of the junk hitting once again and the grief hurting and almost debilitating that you take the deep breath and you get ready for God to do a day's work that day. As we dig deep and we long for God. As we pray for others. Man, I cry out for my mom and all that she's going through. Love you, mom. This is a huge deal. Dig in deep. And know that your God is right there with you. And when you have no words, he is crying out for you. Know that you can taste and experience all that he is. And while we would prefer to taste and experience just great circumstances with no pain, just admit it, and all of God's people said, (laughs) right? That is our preference. But God changes us and grows us and walks us through those pains, and we get to know him deeper and richer. And so, Lord, I look to you, and I look for you to be glorified, and I take a deep breath, and I live this day for you. May we walk with our king. May he get all the glory. Speaking of his glory, last two points. Point number six. I think that may be the first time I've ever said point number six. (laughs) All right. Pray with confidence knowing God's plan is far above mine. Pray with confidence knowing God's plan is far above mine. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. To him who can do way more than you could ever think of whatever struggle you're in or whatever struggle you're praying for. Really put it in your head. Your struggle or someone you're praying for. Get that struggle. Got it? Now, what does it look like for that to have a fix to it? What might God do? How might God work? Answer. Yeah, God's thinking way bigger than that, man. God's able to do way more than you could imagine. Just get ready. God will do a huge work. And uh, and he speaks and this world exists. He sees and knows the pain. Trust him in the middle of it and watch him work. It says, according to the power at work in us. And don't change this to some inanimate power. The power at work in us. This is the Holy Spirit and his glory rocking us and changing us. This world promises things like we can diagnose your problem. We just can't fix your problem. Did you know that? That's the world statement, right? Like when it comes to psychology, we can diagnose it. Then we just have to teach you coping mechanisms. Man, we know the God of the universe who heals from the inside out. And he can walk us through a journey where he takes our soul along a transition where he gets all the glory. Ready? And all of God's people said, this power at work in me. Lord God, I'm leaning on you and trusting in you. Point number seven, pray. Pray for God to be glorified in all that is done. Pray for God to be glorified in all that is done. 
It says, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. To him be glory. God, may you get all the glory. All too often when we start to pray, we're like, to me be uh, less pain. Right? But to him be glory. This is power prayer. Lord God, may you be lifted up. And then it says, in the church, right here, men. May we get words to our mouths that start to say, no matter what this world brings, no matter what goofy politics come next, no matter what sand is washing on the top of the the land, I'm digging 250 feet deep into my king. And all of God's people said, Man, Lord, we are with you, and this church is ready to be on fire. And in Christ Jesus, may you be showing off your sacrificial love. He says, throughout all generations, forever and ever and ever. Throughout all generations, working in this world and working into eternity, may God get all the glory. So how do I pray? Pray for his presence. Pray for his power. Pray for his strength. Pray for the experience, the knowledge of God soothing your soul. Pray for hope and an insight of love. Pray for mind-blowing, unbelievable peace in the face of the mess of whatever's going on. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, he is Waymaker. He is our hope. He is the one who does amazing work in our lives. May we lean on him and trust in him moment by moment and day by day. Let's pray. Let's pray. May this church not waste the experiences of junk washing on our shore and miss out on the privilege of knowing our King. Do you know this God? May we lean on him and abide in him and communicate with him. He is the King. And all of God's people said, let's pray. 